0: Hi there, this is Ros Sattar from Britwatch Sports. You're listening to Tournament in a Tea Break, and I've been joined by Jonathan Newman. Hello, everybody. So what we're going to do is look at the carnage. <laughs> That's the only way to describe the men's draw from today. So kick us off. Let's pick up piece of carnage.
1: Where do I start? Kane Ishikori went down in straight sets to Bernie Tomic.
0: Okay, so Kei we knew, knew to be a little bit tired. He looked pretty fatigued in his, uh, in his opener.
1: I always struggle to find out, or to gauge... How what to make of K based on his demeanor? He looks the same. He's even keeled. He doesn't smile on court. When he's practicing, yeah, he just goes through the motions, and yeah, he's he's either winning or he's losing.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, and Tomek on his day, can be can he, be good. I mean, you know, he's there's, crafty. There's not, yeah, he's he's very unorthodox. He yeah. has that easily disguisable flat pancake of a shot that that you just can't read. You don't know whether it's going to drop short or whether it's just going
1: to be finding all the edges and the corners. So lots he, of slices. Yeah. Gives you lots of different looks with his shots.
0: So, on his day, he's pretty good and he's pretty well rested as well, don't forget. I mean, he's, he's not done anything, so, you know.
1: But then we've got all the top players playing somebody who just had a good day. Wow. <laughs> you know? well, we have um, Nadal lost, which there are extenuating circumstances there. Yeah. George did play out of his mind, I think.
0: He, I think he always does though, don't you find that he always raises his level when it comes to playing the, the big guns, especially yeah. and especially in Nadal. I think mean, he's know, had some
1: good top five wins in the past.
0: But um, but obviously Nadal has has played a lot. I mean, you know, his his schedule in Rio was insane. Um, but I think you got a a, a real sense. I, mean, I don't know about you from from his press conference, but you got a real sense of just how much he wanted to be out there playing. It was it was almost like. I'm done sitting at home watching Spanish soap operas, I I want to be out on court, I don't
1: care. And also something else that I don't think he communicated well in the past with regards to the wrist is that in order for it to get better he has to play. There's this misconception that for the wrist to heal he has to rest but in fact the wrist needs to get used to terminal level play again. Yeah. and he's he told us that in the press conference, today, which I don't think he communicated as well in the past. No,
0: I thought that I thought that was very interesting, um, and I like the fact that you know somebody said, "Oh, are you in pain?" It was like, no, I just felt uncomfortable.
1: Um, which I don't know if I, I believe him per se because he's never one to admit whether he's really struggling on court because he's always mindful of undercutting the performance of his opponent, right?
0: But also, you know, I also think that um, do you not find that especially people coming back from wrist injuries they have this kind of worry, I know that Laura Robson has talked about it, that there's always a sense of anxiety to the point where you feel something that isn't there, but you're just so worried that something's going to pull or something's going to tug or it's going to hurt. You almost will yourself into into thinking that that's going to happen.
1: Because if the doctor's telling you you need to play through the pain, you don't know where the end of the rainbow is, if there's going to be a rainbow. And at some point you've got to be doubting it. Yeah. I it mean, must be very tough mentally for players who deal with wrist injuries, which is why somebody like Del Potra and what he's gone through and what he did in, in Rio was so amazing. Oh,
0: absolutely. Who's next on our casualty list?
1: Casualty list. Oh, well, let's, let's
0: look <laughs> at uh, Dimitrov and uh,
1: Vavrinka. I'm really pleased with this result, for, because on, a, on, a, on some level I feel like Dimitrov was handed a raw deal with his comparison to Federer oh, yeah. through yeah. the start of his career. And he's been of his own doing a very high-profile tennis player with his relationship with Sharapova. And so the the profile that he had in tennis didn't match his game and his results for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I think he's managed to go back to the drawing board, struggle for a while, and really discover himself. Because I've always felt if you watch Dimitrov on the practice court, you come away thinking there's no way this guy shouldn't be top 10. Yeah. He has all the gifts. So it's such a joy to watch. But he hasn't been able to put it together on the court. And so perfect storm of events. He's had a good record against Dan. I think this is his fourth time he's beating him. Yeah. He gets him at a time where he needs that win to continue the momentum mm. and he's able to do it.
0: I do, the, the one thing that um, that interested me when, when we were talking to Birdish about his change of coach, and he was very tactful in the way that he said it, was you know obviously the, te- the team wasn't working and I kind of prodded him to find out whether he, I felt he'd lost that instinctiveness. Um, and I wonder whether um, that whether Danny Valvedu is the right fit for Dimitrov just to take him back to basics. Yeah. Uh, because for Burdish, he needed to find that edge. And I think Danny's a good, good scout, but I don't think he's necessarily a good head coach. Whereas I think for Dimitrov, where he is now, he actually needs someone to take him back to basics and have a game plan for him. Um, because I also think he's, he's more instinctive of a player. And I think where Thomas was like, I'm, I must follow the game plan, yeah. I must not deviate... I think Dimitrov will just free will, if he feels like it. And I actually think that it might be a surprisingly good fit. We'll see. you I will mean, be interested to see the, in, the, uh, in the US Open how, how it really pans out. Because uh, Danny needs a good head coach run of success, if you, mm-hmm. if you will. So we've done Nadal, we've done Vavrinka.
1: Songa is the other one. Oh, Which la la. It's not that big of an upset, let's be real. Steve Johnson's yeah. been playing well. Yeah, and Sang- his confidence is He's high. confident. Sanga goes in and out of confidence results. He'll show up, play well. Consciousness. Show up, lose, you know. <laughs> yeah. Who knows what to expect?
0: Oh, well, when your hair's that straight for no apparent reason whatsoever.
1: <laughs> there, um, there was a lot of talk about that
0: at yeah. Wimbledon. Um, everybody that I've spoken to, oh, I didn't even know, notice a woman, but is it Rio? Everybody that I've spoken to is like, what is he doing? You're right, it was Rio. Everybody was just like, is it the humidity? Have you got all monica from Friends with your hair?
1: That is not how black people's hair works.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know, and it's like poor, poor love, you know. He's there wanting to do his thing for La France and everybody's like, oh, no, not a good look. Um, but yeah, yeah. Oh, Songer again is one of the, you know, the, the French have, um, well, one of, one of my colleagues, Carol Bouchard, always explains to us that um, Gasquet in particular is always seen as, as the annoying little brother and forgiven for all his sins. Uh-huh. And I remember watching as a fan i remember watching um songa against somebody and he was winning and winning and winning and everybody and everybody was just oh oh my god it was like it was like an amazing atmosphere and even when he lost they loved him it was just like wow you know they they adore him i think they get very very frustrated with gael but they really love joe
1: joe has got that charm that charisma he smiles he lights the room up you know
0: yeah yeah
1: speaking of moffies Mm. Uh, he's had such a great summer.
0: And now, Won DC,
1: made the semis in Toronto, made the semis in the Olympics, right? I think it was a semis. Uh, Yeah,
0: maybe. Well, he certainly went deep.
1: Yes. And then he comes here, he wins his match in straight sets, and then he withdraws.
0: With a bad back.
1: With a bad back.
0: Overplay, maybe?
1: Hard to say. This, I mean, this is my struggle with these kinds of prognostications. It's all speculation, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, but the sad part about it for me is that Mofis is somebody who's historically struggled to string together results over a short period of time. And this year in particular, he's managed to sort something out.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's
1: won a title, he's made a lot of quarterfinals, he's had the kind of consistent year that we really haven't seen from him before. He's on the cusp of getting back to the top 10, and then this. So as for what that will mean for him at the US Open, like if you look, getting into a slam, you always look back at the previous tournaments and try and predict, well, who do you look to? He would have been one of the players that you could say, well, if somebody's gonna take advantage of this mess at the top of yeah. the men's game right now, yeah. he could be the one, and then now it's it's more question marks.
0: Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just I just hope he can rest up and then come back because they love him out there. I mean, do you remember that? Um, I can't remember what year it was, but when it was Isner feast mm-hmm. and the crowd were all for him to the point that Isner was absolutely yeah. like ham- yeah, really annoyed, like yeah, what you think?
1: They Every time me. I've ever seen him on a practice court, he is just adored.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's no will we want to watch anyway. So who does that leave as well? Obviously, we've got Andy and um, Kevin about to play. Oh, they got through two points, and then, <laughs> the, then the heavens opened. Sorry, uh-huh. but I don't know what we're talking about. Yeah, um, yeah so Kevin and Andy. Um, a lot of people on my timeline thought that Andy would withdraw, especially after his wrenched shoulder. But again, you know, Nadal talks about his shoulder today and his arm and said, you know, it's different balls, different courts, And I, I don't know, there's a, there's a little bit of me that will probably think that, you know, Andy will, will guts out a, a three-set mess, maybe. Today. Yeah, yeah I... I the, the thing is, I think that Kevin's hitting quite freely because he's got nothing to lose right now. He's back, and like we saw with Rafa, he's obviously, like, kind of glad to be back, glad to be on court. And just going to take his, his chances. Whereas I think maybe this time last year or the year before, when he was in the top twenty and actually regularly sort of being a thorn in the side uh-huh. with these good players. Maybe not necessarily beating them, but certainly bloodying them their nose a bit, taking a set off him.
1: Most famously Djokovic at Wimbledon. Yeah.
0: I think people were like, Ooh, you know, he's a tricky customer. So I could see him taking a set off Andy easily today.
1: This has been a tournament of tiebreaks. We've seen so many yeah. matches one and last In a pair of tiebreaks, I wouldn't be surprised to see two tiebreaks tonight or three. Yeah, maybe. I I think that would be his ticket to the next round. Yeah. To take some tiebreaks off of him because I see, I struggle to see him being able to hang with Andy from the ground.
0: Yeah.
1: And being able to break him multiple times. Yeah. Because you have to imagine with Andy being next to Djokovic, at least the second best returning the men's game, that he's going to be able to figure out Anderson's serve.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's going to try and get read on it with with the amount of rain that's coming down out there. When they do come back onto the court, it's going to be considerably cooler. It may well heat up again, bit by bit. The balls might start flying a little bit quicker. But I think when it comes out, it will probably be quite slow. Maybe not quite as bad as Rio, but certainly a more akin to what Andy's been playing with. I suspect he will adjust quicker. But yeah, you know, if if he is to lose nobly and give himself some time to sort of really get a good rest before the U.S. Open, it, you know, like you say, it could well be uh-huh. two or three tie breaks.
1: And he also seems to like the struggle. He has that bit of rafa in him at this point. Not so much being a bag of misery on court, but <laughs> the actual process of going through playing a lot of matches. Yeah. I mean, he'll complain about it, but I do think he, he enjoys it at this point. Oh, well, we're British, like and complaining in the <laughs> nature. And there's something to be said about the year that he's had. Next to Novak, he is by far and away the next best player. Yeah. And with Novak going through some things now, yeah, Andy might want to think about this as a time to really push toward that number one ranking and cement him, cement his legacy more.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, now's the the time to. I mean, we we could see how much it meant to Djokovic to lose in that first round. I mean, like sobbing as he went off court, and there's obviously there were no ranking points for anybody. It was all about playing for your country and. and I somehow feel that in the same way that Andy felt relief when he won Wimbledon the second time that he could enjoy it more I get the same feeling with this gold because I think there was so much pressure plus everybody was lifted by Super Saturday Uh the day before so there was that wave of euphoria I think that carried everybody that carried the entire team through not just Andy but you know he this time was part of Super Sunday and he was part of a huge waft of players hitting the mark so, yeah, I, I kind of feel that he's enjoying some of his success, successes more this time around. I don't know, maybe it's because he's a father as well, different perspective.
1: I think that's so over, overrated. Or I'm so tired of hearing about men and being fathers, like, congrats, you had a kid. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> and like, you didn't even have like, a kid. <laughs> you can hire as many people to take care of that kid. You know? like, <laughs> as to how, I mean, that's undermining the emotional aspect and the connection to the kid, sure, right? But I feel like as a tennis narrative, he needs to be retired. That's my own personal goal. <laughs> Uh, but with Andy, though, uh, the first time he had that initial wave of of success, winning the first two Grand Slam titles, mm. sandwiched by Wimbledon, right? Uh, is that how it happened? He won no, those. No,
0: it was it was gold U.S. Open, yeah. then Wimbledon.
1: So there were the three in close succession. Yeah. And then he had the time off with the injury. Yeah. And so now he's found himself in a position where it's similar. And everybody thought he was going to have runaway success the last time. Yeah, he seemed a little bit unstoppable than it was Djokovic's time. Yeah, perhaps it's Andy's time now. If you think that he's won Wimbledon, he then went on to win the Olympic gold, and then he comes out and wins the U.S. Open. Yeah,
0: and the, I mean we were talking about this to uh, friends of mine today. Have you not do not think that when Djokovic wants to win something so so badly, it normally goes completely south for him? You know, he wanted that Olympic gold so mm-hmm. much he wanted Wimbledon he wanted to be able to have I mean he already has all four at the same time but he wanted to be able to take that step for a calendar slam and that, that was taken from him in the third round so you know I just think he, he will want to finish so well it actually could play in Murray's hands I think, he, I think when Djokovic wants something really badly somehow it just goes completely awry for him
1: I also saw people speculating that it wasn't necessarily so much C- completing the career golden slam right yeah that it yeah. was more to do with the disappointment of not being able to represent Serbia the way he wanted to yeah because it, it, it is a big disappointment oh, and yeah. a bit of an embarrassment to be the face of your country's athletics yeah. which is what he is at this point and you're probably <laughs> your surest gold medal bet yeah I mean I'm, I'm
0: pretty sure he was like really glad now that he didn't actually carry the flag
1: yeah so because it is <laughs> I mean it, it, it's, a lot of pr- it's a lot of pressure yeah
0: yeah so, on the other side of the coin, though, the women seem to have had a really good day. Yeah. So, Kerber's Kerber was an amazing match. It's one of those matches you can never tell. If, if Barra's if Bar- on a four, mm-hmm. she can be a, an, an absolute horror to play.
1: A two-set match, but entertaining and quality nonetheless.
0: Yeah, yeah. And Halep was just ruthless today. Really <laughs> ruthless. So she's...
1: Her and Radwanska her and look like they mean business this tournament. Yeah, they mean From what doing. I've seen of them.
0: They really do. I mean, I know that we've got Radvanska and, and Conta, and I think I think Conta's so giddy post Olympics. I mean it's great to see. I mean, you know, the fact that she still has that whole kind of you know, she broke off halfway mid conversation. She's like, isn't it wonderful? How just Rose did it, you know, God he was like, for the moon day, wow. And you're like, okay, focus. <laughs> and it's it's but it's strange for her because she's normally so contained. And she got the, we you know, we saw in real, but she got it incredibly frustrated, probably because the balls were flying around her yeah. ears. They weren't, it wasn't easy for her to find a rhythm out
1: there. Imagine all these players who go to Rio, sight unseen, don't know what to expect, show yeah. up and they see that court yeah. that's <laughs> totally at odds with how they like to play tennis and what's good for yeah. their game. And so balancing that with then the weight of expectation from people back home, free to medal,
0: yeah.
1: it can be a, a, ter- a not so great situation. But well, funny enough, that when I was watching
0: Radvansky yesterday, I was thinking, Exactly that, that, you know, she's got back onto her turf, But excuse the phrase, but she's got back onto something that she knows, the kind of speed that she likes, you know, she's very good on on those hard courts, and suddenly she was like, yeah, you know what, enough of this messing, I'm back, I mean, business, and she's never going to have a better chance to to put down a marker than now, with Serena as a a potential, you know, question mark. I mean, she's going to go into the US Open incredibly uncooked, I think.
1: I think the more people talk about Serena as a question mark, is the more dangerous she is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Historically speaking.
0: But who uh, knows? Because we've not knows? seen. I mean, yeah. we've seen. We've seen three rounds of her, in. In Rio, two of which were. Disaster. Well, one of you were. Yeah. Doubles
1: disaster. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the yeah. L- her first two singles were yeah. really
0: kind of. Oh yeah, she means business. She's got Mm -hmm. her name stamped all over it. If you'd asked me at the beginning, watching her and and Andy, I would have said that she was a dead cert. Both of them, actually. I I, I really thought that both of them had a really good chance. And then she just came completely unglued.
1: Which, uh, there are two explanations. Something in the personal life or injury. And it seems to be injury. Yeah. Because she then made the decision to chase... Uh, the number one title, or defend her number one title in Cincinnati, take the wild card last minute to come here, and then have one practice and then withdraw. You don't yeah. make that trip after going all you did yeah. in Rio yeah. to then come and withdraw, That's it doesn't make sense.
0: No.
1: So, so I, I do believe that there's something actually going on there with her, and maybe it was a precautionary thing that she withdrew, she didn't want to jeopardize the US Open, because we also know that those are her priorities.
0: Yeah, I so, could see
1: Serena playing at 40 not caring about her ranking, just showing up to four tournaments and winning them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately you know, I I so, it'll all be the slams. Yeah, I think that's the trajectory of her career that we're <laughs> heading to fewer tournaments and just focusing on the big prizes.
0: Halep and Rabaska do mean business. Kerber, I think, Kerber just does her own thing. She just flies under the radar. Yeah. She, she, you know, every, every time, I mean, she's been very good at batting away the number one yeah. question every time.
1: She knows her place.
0: Yeah.
1: She understands that it's unseemly, to talk cute,
0: about cute <laughs>
1: to talk about getting the number one ranking when Aids not hers yet, yeah. and that it's such a, a precarious situation for Serena, who is one of if not the greatest tennis champions ever. Yeah, yeah. and um, it's so typically German of her to stay in her lane. You watch her play. <laughs> you watch her play, and you are like, wow. Like, there's often nothing spectacular. It's very workmanlike. Yeah. And then when she needs to raise her game, she does. Yeah. Just the other night I was at Applebee's and I saw her sitting down, eating. And then I saw her leave and she was driving or being driven in a Hyundai SUV and I thought, how perfect a German of her. <laughs> Very practical, <laughs> not a Mercedes or a flashy car, you know, it'll get the job done. Yeah. It's got the space, not too expensive. Oh, she's she's impressive in how she's commanding her career at this point.
0: Yeah, I and mean... And she's not
1: letting the, the fantastic year that she's had get in the way of the progress that she's made. But
0: I was, in, I was in Singapore when she had that utter meltdown. I mean, all she had to do was win one set against Lucy Saparova, who'd been ill and, you know, uh-huh. laid up in a hospital bed with drips and knows For like six months. You know, that's all she had to do. Yeah. Is win one set and she was furious that somebody had told, told her that that's what she had to do was to win one set and it just messed up with her mind but that's what changed it and you know as far back as even even in uh, Brisbane she was like I, I told myself I never wanted to be in that situation again I never wanted to be so anxious ever again like that and you know and it was it was it was amazing you know and it was probably
1: very freeing for her
0: yeah i mean yeah and i'm so glad that she backed it up with Wimbledon to shut everybody up yeah. That everybody thought oh well it's just yeah. one of those years where it's going to be a fluke
1: mm-hmm. but, but it's she, like who else is going to challenge she Serena had won, right now i believe at least four titles in 2015 the writing yeah. was on the wall that she was going to take this next step yeah but people don't want to see those Signs, you know,
0: they don't, not while they've got their favourites, <laughs> you know. But, but the, the only I'm going to be bold here and so say the only person that could challenge Serena is now going to be a, a mummy. Oh, you think so? Well, she was the only person that could actually give Serena as, as good as she could get and, and, and occasionally come out as a winner. Vika was the only person that really, I think, when Vika was back to good strength when she won Brisbane and you know, seemed, seemed to be sort of back in one piece. I thought, right, now that now the tournament's hotting up, and then of course we had the whole Sharapova, you know, out for that X years. So, you know, I thought, well, I thought the time is right. So, yeah, yeah nobody was more surprised, it was like, you, you're gonna be a what now? Oh, okay?
1: <laughs> I've, I've taken the approach that I will go with what you show me. And so for however long, regardless of, maybe because of injury, we've, she's definitely had lots of injury. She won the Sunshine Double, great. But quarterfinals, losing to Serena Williams, It's not going to do it for me in terms of anointing her as the person like, in theory, she should be that person. Yeah. But for me, Kerber is firmly the number two. Yeah. Because Well, she proved that with Wimbledon. Yeah, she's shown that she's here to stand, that she believes in herself. Can you imagine staring down Serena Williams in the final of a Grand Slam and doing what she did in Australia? That must give you so much confidence. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, today the women had a good day. Yes. And, um, even even being a Brit, I do think that Radvanska will, will have the measure of, of, of Conter's Conta's good at her drive volleys, but she's not very really good at volley volleys. Um, and she didn't look that convincing in that first set. There were lots of wild errors. It could be because of the courts and the difference in the courts. So it was a very quick turnaround for her, but Radvanska's adjustment was incredible. So quick pick then, who's going to win the women's?
1: The women's title? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with Simona. Okay. And
0: the men?
1: And the men. If I were to go way out of the box, I'm going to go with Grigor. Yes. He <laughs> 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 can pick your job off the floor. <laughs> okay. Uh, and I like if that. I go with my brain, it's going to be Andy Martin.
0: Okay. I, I think if, I, if Andy...
1: I think that's probably the final that you'll see.
0: Yeah, okay. I, I, I can see, I can see that fine. I think, I think Andy will probably pick this one up, but he'll, it, it'll probably be quite ugly towards the end.
1: And if he does win, he'll just be a smidge under fifty two hundred points behind Djokovic for number one, which I firmly believe he has his eye on by the end of the year.
0: Okay. Yeah, and he could do any. He, he could do it. Yeah. I will. I I'll go for Andy. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna pick Radwanska.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, ju- just because she just was a, a demolition job in her first. You know, i mean against petkovic there
1: wasn't anything that Andrea could do yeah. you know the the one caveat to that was is empty. that she had played earlier in the day and she would have been tired
0: and also a 6-love six 6-1 six score doesn't belie how many times they went to sort of juices
1: and they had so many long rallies yeah so the quality of the match was not reflected in the score no but, but i can i can't imagine what it must have been like to be petkovic on that court last night because <laughs> the tennis gods just did not Shine kindly on her <laughs> yesterday.
0: No, they were, they were firmly, uh, they were firmly on, the, uh, on the woman who's probably got the gold membership of every single airline <laughs> going. Okay, thank you very much for your time. You've been listening to Jonathan Newman and Ros Satar. This has been Tournament in a Tea Break for Britwatch Sports.